0: are listening to the Preaching Podcast from the Stanton First Church of God in Stanton, Kentucky, located in the Red River Valley of the Appalachian Mountains. You will hear fervent, spirit-filled, revival preaching from the pulpit of the Stanton First Church of God. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. this morning if it isn't well with your soul I know a God that can make it well with your soul this morning like I said I apologize for the roughness in the singing and not used to it as much as I used to so I don't do it a lot I need to get back into it some but I tell you that song has so much truth so much strength in the words of that song that even if God even if you don't answer even if this don't happen even if I don't get what I want Even if, no matter what, I still want to praise You. It's still well with my soul, God, even if it doesn't go exactly the way I think it should. It's still well with my soul. I've been praying for the last, well, since Dean had contacted me and asked me if I could come and preach some. I've been praying and asking the Lord exactly what, not just what He wanted to deliver, but what the church needs to hear this morning. What, what needs to be said that will encourage, help, and strengthen? Raise the church up to a degree and to a place where it's at right now that will that be able to see the strength and the might and the power that God has in each and every one of you. And uh, the Lord laid Nehemiah upon my heart, and I was going one direction with him, and this morning as I looked into Nehemiah again today, God changed my, my thoughts this morning as I rose early and was in prayer and studying Ruby asked me on the way over, she said, well, what's the title to your sermon? I said, I don't even have a title. I guess it's probably, this might be one of the first times I've ever preached without having a title for what the Lord has laid upon my heart. I want to speak to us out of Nehemiah. I'm going to start with chapter 1 just a little bit. and Chapter 4 is where the meat of the message is going to be this morning. But before I start to read the word, I want to stand, if you would, please. and We're just going to read uh, verses uh, 1, we'll probably read verse... Uh, four down through nine. But while you're turning there, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. God, you see the need of the hour. God, you see each and every one's hearts that's here right now. Father, you know exactly what is needed today. So God, I pray with everything inside of me right now, Father God, that you will use these lips of clay to bring exactly what thus saith the Lord. God, hide me behind your cross. Lord, I take serious stepping behind this sacred desk. Father God, it's not an easy task. It's not an easy thing to do. There's a lot of weight that falls upon the shoulders of the man that stands behind this sacred desk. And God, I don't take it lightly. Father, so I pray right now that you will anoint my lips, anoint my tongue, anoint my mind, anoint my heart, anoint my words. Everything that I say right now, God, may it only come from you. Not from an opinion, not from a thought, not from what this said or that said or what this one thinks or that one thinks, but God, only what thus saith the Lord today. Now, God, open up the hearts of those that are hearing the sound of my voice to be able to receive exactly what's in this word for them today. God, as it encouraged my heart as I read it and looked through it, God, let it be an encouragement to their hearts today. To everyone at the sound of my voice right now, realize that there is power in the things that God has in store for us today. So God, help us, strengthen us, and use us in a mighty way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I'll just go ahead and let you sit down for a moment. Because the way I'm going to read this is going to be just a little bit different. i really like to stand as we read the Word of God. But Nehemiah, just kind of give you a little history here and background, before we get into it, the children of Israel had just come out of Babylonian captivity. They'd just been set free, and they were loosed, and they were returning back to their homeland. But when they got there, the city walls were all destroyed they were tore down, they were broken down some were half standing the gates have been taken off the entrances and there were no more gates of protection, security, you know sometimes that's how you feel when, uh, no matter when your pastor leaves on a good note or a bad note or however it is, that sometimes you feel like that gate has been let down and as brother Tom and I was talking in back earlier I said you know it, it's not just then when the, the when the pastor leaves but it's Not from the outside that needs to be brought in to help, but the people on the inside need to rise up and realize that we have a great work to do. We don't just need to look to someone else or look somewhere else. We need to look at the inside of ourselves. And Nehemiah, as as we look into this in in the first part of chapter one, he'd received word from his brother about the condition of the city. And when Nehemiah heard it, It just broke his heart. He was devastated, and he had compassion, and he had a need. if If you've read anything about Nehemiah, he was a cupbearer to the king of Persia. He had it made, had a cushy job. He was working for the for the king himself. But when he heard of his homeland, he was willing to leave the cushiness that he had and go to work. Church, this morning, if I can say anything at all to you, it's time to go to work. Because not only, as we'll read here in just a few moments, not only is, is everybody on the outside of here waiting to see the church fail, not just this church, but God's church fail, there are people on the inside waiting to see God's church fail. The Bible teaches us there is wolves that come in sheep's clothing. Not everybody that says... Amen, and everybody that says I'm a child of God is a child of God. There's some waiting that are biting at the bit, just waiting to see. me and this microphone, no to have difficulties. They're just waiting to see the fall. So it's up to you, it's up to each and every one of you that claim this place as your home church to get to work, Amen. you've got a job to do. There's a work to be done, and it's time to get dirty. But you'll notice in Nehemiah, the very first thing he done, he what did he do? He didn't, he didn't call on the boards. He didn't call on the committees. He didn't call the state. He didn't call uh, Anderson up there in Indiana. He didn't call. He didn't call for all the rulers to come together, just gather together, and get some kind of game plan. He prayed. It's first thing he did. He fell to his knees, and the very first thing he done was praying. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 4, it says, As soon as I heard these words, I sat down. And I'm reading from the England Standard Version this morning. And he said, And I wept and I mourned for days. Church, when's the last time you wept for your church and the condition that it's in? When's the last time that you have wept for the shape and the condition that our country is in? When's the last time that you have wept? For the condition of your family, your wife, your husband, your children, those that are. When's the last time that you've seen and you mourned and you actually wept? That you got serious, that you got a broken heart, that you seen you seen what was going on and you wanted to do something about it. You had you had compassion upon those around you, your family, your friends. When's the last time you mourned and wept over the condition of your own heart? Just because we come to church don't mean you're a Christian. <laughs> you can come Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, every day of revival, camp meetings and all. That doesn't mean that you're a child of God. you got to have a personal walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the devil needs to know your name and be fear and trembling of you. Your name needs to be known in hell. When they say Gary West... The devil says, man, send some bunch after him because he's fixing to do something we don't want to see him do. He's a prayer warrior. He's going to make changes. When they see Tom's name come up, they'll say, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. or jacks. Whoa, wait a minute. Here comes Dean. Boys, we need to stir them up. We need to send some demons up. We need to do something quick because they're going to do something. They're going to shift what's going on in Stanton. They're going to change what's happening in a church because they mourn and weep over the condition of their families. They mourn and weep over the condition of their church. They mourn and weep over the condition of their country. They're tired of seeing it going the way that it's going. And they want to see a change. Nehemiah fell upon his face. He didn't make a plan. He didn't have a strategy. He went to the one that could make a difference. And that was God. When's the last time you went to the one that can make the difference? When's the last time you got earnest with the condition of your own life, not only your church and your country, but your own life? When's the last time you fell on your face and asked God, oh God, please forgive me a wretched man that I am? God, take this heart and change it. Make it something pliable and worthy to be called yourself. When's the last time that you earnestly fell upon your face and got prostrate on the ground and said, Oh God, save me the wretched man that I am. Nehemiah seen the condition and he didn't hesitate or waste any time. He fell upon his face. He asked God. First he said, God, what are you going to do? No. God, oh, why did this happen? No. He said, God, forgive us. He didn't blame God. He didn't blame the situation. He didn't blame those around him. He didn't blame all this that's going on on anybody else. But he said, God, forgive us. He said, I mourned and I prayed for days. And I continued fasting. That's another one we'll talk about in just a few moments. You can tell I've not fasted a lot, have I? Fasting's not for weight loss, let me tell you that. Fasting is for sin loss. When you get serious with God and you pray, you will fast. And I need God to forgive me in that area. My old body likes that food. You lay down a plate of something in front of me, I don't care what it is, I'm going to gobble it up. There's a time that we need to take control of our body. And I've said this before and I'll say it again and I have been ridiculed at times for saying this. The old devil gets a whole lot of blame and I'm not giving him credit in any way, form, or fashion but the devil gets a whole lot of blame for things in our lives that we create and do ourselves. The book Ruby and I are reading is called The Bait of Satan. The devil, all he can do is set the trap and bait it. It's up to us whether or not we take that bait. You can't blame the devil for everything, folks. Sometimes you've got to take the blame yourself. When you do that, you'll heal. When you quit blaming others, you'll heal. When you can't quit saying this one or that one, you'll heal. When you own it up and you fess up, you say, God, it's me. I'm the man. I'm the man. He said, I I continued fasting and praying before the Lord of heaven. And I said, oh, Lord God of heaven the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Verse six, let your ear be attentive and your eyes, upon, or eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant that I now pray before you day and night for the people of Israel, your servants, confessing the sins of the people of Israel. You ain't got it made yet. You're still in human form. You're still walking on this ball of dust. Yes, we're to live a holy life. Be ye holy, for I am holy, thus saith the Lord. But just like Jesus, when he was uh, confronted that time and, and they brought this woman before him, and they said, We caught her in adultery order there to be stoned what did he do you right. without sin cast the first stone what happened they dispersed just because you're a Christian just because you're a child of God doesn't mean you're going to walk this earth sinless The thought's not the sin, it's the reaction. Pride, sin. Gossip, sin. What is sin? Simply disobedience. So when I disobey Ruby, I sin. I go, honey, I'm sorry. (laughs) Sin is simply disobedience. So what did Nehemiah do right at the beginning? I'm having a terrible time this morning. What did Nehemiah do right at the beginning? Confess the sins of the people. He didn't blame this fall on nobody. He didn't blame it on Nebuchadnezzar. He didn't blame it on those that took him into captivity. He didn't blame it on those that didn't fight back. He just said, forgive us our sin." Sometimes, church, there needs to be a purging. There needs to be a purifying. There needs to be a reality check that you're not perfect. You're going to fall. You're going to stumble. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to sin. But is your heart in the place where you can come to say, God, I'm sorry. Sin. Forgive me. Now that's not making room for you to say, oh, okay, then I can go out here and sin to say, God, forgive me. No. What's the Bible say about that? If you sin willingly after knowing the truth, there is no more sacrifice for sin. Once you're confronted, once you know, Once you realize, you can't just go back and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. So Nehemiah, he first thing he does, he goes to pray. Then he goes into prayer. I don't know what time y'all quit, but I've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Remember, he said in verse 7, we have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept thy commandments you realize that you've sinned and you confess your sin before me, I'm going to restore you. I'm going to strengthen you. And I'm going to give you power and strength to go forward. First thing he done, he prayed, he fasted, he confessed. He didn't organize, he didn't call committees, he didn't call and gather, raise money, he didn't do none of these things. He prayed. He didn't say, oh God, how or why? But he prayed. We have sinned. What's the first thing that you do when tragedy comes or tragedy or trouble comes your way? first thing I do when I'm in... I get mad. I get mad. I don't get as mad as I used to because I'm older than I used to be. Can't do nothing about it. I get mad. That's about all I can do. Snort and blow and fuss. Can't do much else. Then Ruby corrects me. Uh, I get mad. We want to blame everybody else for our faults our shortcomings we fly off the handle we try to figure things out ourselves Nehemiah knew he couldn't figure this out but he knew one thing here he was the cupbearer had it made but his heart failed inside of him when he heard the condition of his homeland how is your heart about your church this morning I know brother Ben left on good terms and praise God for that Bless him. He's a good man. But this message this morning is about you. Now here we are. How's your heart? Where are you at right now? How do you feel inside yourself? Are you ready to go to work? Brother Tom's been telling me you have been. You've been getting down and, and working and doing These walls were torn down. What was amazing, and I'm not gonna read chapter three because it just seems repetitive, but I want you to read chapter three in its entirety one day. Take the time to do it. Of how each one and each one of their families stood side by side and worked together to rebuild those walls. No murmuring, no complaining. They were told which direction to go, and they done it. One built the gates. One put the bars on. One put the boats through. One put the nuts on. One was stacking stones. And the whole time they were doing this, the naysayers, sam Sanballat, different ones that he talks about here, I'll read the other names here in just a few moments, were, were mocking them, ridiculing them, making fun of them, to the point that even some of those on the inside that were working, Started saying, "Why are we doing this?" At one point, they even said, "Well, yeah, here the sheep are going, or the foxes are going to come and stand on that wall, and he's just going to fall down." I'm just making a mockery of them. You've got people out here in the community. Why it's this way, I don't know, but it's always been this way. God's people are, are despised at times. There's opposition that we face on a daily basis. The world, because of Satan, wants to see you fail. And if you're not careful, that mentality, bless you. And that attitude will get inside of some of your hearts. Because you'll get discouraged. You'll get wore out. You'll get beat down. You'll say, well, I think they should have done it like this. When that starts, What's the Bible say? The little foxes is what spoils the vine. When that starts if that thought enters your mind you need to go right to the Lord right then just like Nehemiah fast and pray. Is everything going to go the way you want it? (laughs) Absolutely not. But you got to work together. Look what happened when the children of Israel was working together at the walls of Jerusalem. They rebuilt them. Those walls were their security. Just like this church is your security. You've got a gate that's broke down right now. You don't have a pastor. You've got a gate that's broke down. You can either sit by and leave it wide open or you can work side by side together to rebuild that gate. Church, this morning you've got an opportunity to show this community and yourselves Of how the Spirit of God works in each and every one of you. By your attitudes. By your actions. By your disposition. By the look on your face. Because not only. Are they on the outside watching you. But you've got some here on the inside. That's watching. That's just the way it is. And they want to see you fail. There's always somebody said well. They'd only listen to me. I've always got that bunch of say, well, if they only listen to what we had to say, you better listen to what God has to say. The Bible tells us to be patient and wait upon the Lord. God has sinned who needs to fill this position in His time, not yours. There's plenty of you Nehemiahs sitting in front of me right now that can step up and have the leadership Until Nehemiah was never made king. But he fought battles, didn't he? He was a leader of an army of God. Each and every one of you are a leader for the army of God. But it's up to you whether or not you step up and say, just as Isaiah said in, I believe it is 6 and verse 8, Here am I, Lord, send me. God just needs the willing vessel. He'll do the rest. Follow Nehemiah's example. Even right now you need, as I said, and want a pastor. But there is much more dire things than that to be concerned with, even now. And it's the attitude of the community. They're watching and they're waiting. All right, chapter 4. Verse number one. Here come some of these. I don't know why these mothers name their kids like this. They sure make it hard on these old country bumpkins to try to pronounce these things. Now, when Sanballat heard that we were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged, and he jeered. And I thought, what jeered? What in the world is that? What is jeered? That's to say he ridiculed and mocked. That he jeered at the Jews. And he said in the presence of his brothers and the army of Samaria, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore it for themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish it up in a day? Here they are making mockery, making ridicule. Just like what's taking place right now, there ain't a doubt in my mind because it's happening all over the world. There are, there are people that are ridiculing God's church. They're making fun of God. Church, look at those dummies. Look at those feeble people going to church every Sunday. What good do they do? They don't live no better than I do. They ain't no better. They don't put their pants on no different than I do. Blah, blah, blah. Making all these mockeries of us. Because we like to be in our fortified city. Church. Think of the city of Jerusalem. Think of it as your church. Your walls are tearing down. You're rebuilding your walls. But they're mocking you. They're ridiculing you. What are you going to do? Are you going to stop the building? Come on. Are you going to stop just because somebody makes a little bit of fun of you? Are you going to quit? No. Are you going to give up? No. No. And say, well, we'll just we'll just do whatever, <coughs> fall into whatever they say. Are we going to allow the ridiculing, the mocking, the 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 the, the bitterness? To enter into us? Or, or are we going to continue to work? Are we going to stand up? Are we going to stand arm? You know, when they went to doing this work, and after all these started coming against them, you know, Sam about it, and I'm not going to read it all, but he started getting mad, so they started. They were going to send uh, soldiers in. So in preparation, that word got to Nehemiah, and in preparation that, he said, okay, here's what we're going to do. You're going to have a tool in one hand, and you're going to have a sword in the other. You're going to work and labor. Your tool this morning, whether you want to believe or not, is this church. This is your tool to reach this community. This is your tool that you're going to be able to go out here and lay block by block, build foundation by foundation, with mortar joint by mortar joint, with, uh, with roof material, with nail by nail, whatever it takes. This is your tool to go out and reach the people that are lost and dying in this world. Let me tell you something. There are people, We can go outside the doors right now. I guarantee you. Walk across the street. Go a couple houses down. There are people dying. And going to hell. In, in, a, in, a, in a very quick manner. So what are we going to do about it? We're going to take this tool. And we're going to reach them. We're not going to worry about what's happening to us. We're not going to worry about what's going on around us. We're going to keep the work. And why, how are we going to do that? We're going to take our sword. The word of God. With the tool of our church, we're going to take our sword, the Word of God, and we're going to go out here and we're going to slay the enemy. It's not going to stop us. No matter what the devil does, no matter how many people he sends against us, no matter how bad he wants our church to close, we're going to fight, we're going to labor, we're going to work, we're going to strive together, we're going to work together in a way that nobody has ever seen before. Why? Because this matters. I didn't look up to that banner a while ago. I can't believe 50 years? Last year? Since this church started here? Fifty years ago. Guarantee you there was the naysayers back that said it'll never make it. And those same naysayers, if they're still alive, are still sitting there saying, they ain't never gonna make it. And here you are. Making it. I don't know who said that, but making it. Here you are, making it. Don't stop. No matter what the world says, no matter what your neighbor beside you might say, don't stop. Listen to God. Pray. Earnestly pray. Seriously fast. And work. Get together and work. Side by side with the tool in one hand and the sword in the other, knowing that you're fighting for something bigger than yourself. And I guarantee you, with that attitude, there'll be no stopping Stanton First Church of God. No matter what comes against you, and let me tell you something: there's going to be storms the rest of our lives. There's always been. There's always going to be, and there always will be. You're going to have trials, tribulations, and storms. What that is is the when the breaking comes. All that is is getting ready, getting you ready for a blessing. Every time that bread is broken, every time you're broken just a little bit, all it's doing is preparing you for a better blessing. But it depends on how well you stand the breaking. We all go through it. We all have days that we'd just rather stay in the bed and pull the covers up over our head and say, leave me alone. Stay away from me. I don't want to see you or the world. I want to be by myself. Can't do that you got to get up, put your big boy drawers on, pull your boots up, and get out. But it takes getting your hands dirty. How do you get your hands dirty? It means you're going to have to pray and you're going to have to fast. You may not think, well, I can't do nothing. Yes, you can. The most important thing you can do is pray and fast. The most, very most important thing you can do is pray and fast. Because then when you do that, you're sacrificing for yourself and those that are around you. You're putting not only your needs, but you're putting their needs ahead of your own needs. There is a great work here. Always has been. And there always will be. But it's up to you and I to realize once the ridiculing comes, we still got to go forward. I'm going to go on down through and read this because I want to get to verse 4 of this. And he said in the presence of his brothers in the army of Samaria, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore for themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish up in a day? Will they receive the stones out of the heaps and the rubbish and the burned ones at that? And Tobiah, the Ammonite, uh, was beside him and he said, yes, will they what what they are building, if a fox goes upon it, it will break it down a stone wall. Then what did... Nehemiah, hear, O oh, hear, oh, our God, for we are despised. Turn back their taunt. We are despised. Hear, O oh, God. We are, God's people have often been a despised people, as I said a moment ago. God does and will hear all the slights that are put upon His people. God knows what's going on. God don't need you to defend Him. God needs you to stand when you've done all to do all you can do, therefore, stand. Amen. He'll do the rest. You keep praying, you keep fasting, you keep pushing. God's a big enough God that He can fight his own battles. All He needs you to do is to be willing and faithful to stand there and keep building that wall. No matter what the opposition, keep building that wall. Nehemiah's prayers here was for direction. Then his prayer went to destroy him. He started praying in a way that they would be destroyed. Heap upon them things. But Jesus tells us today that we have to love our enemies. That's a whole different message for a whole different time. But today, those that are out here that are trying to mock you, trying to ridicule you, love them. Pray for them. No matter what they say, how they treat you, or what they do. You know, it's something that I have as, as a child of God, I guess ever since I've been saved, I've tried to keep this mind thought in me and on me at all times, is forgiveness. Is it easy? No. They're doing it unto Christ, not unto me. So I try to keep in my mind forgive at all times. No matter what's said about me. What's said to me. Or what's done to me. Or even my family. And that's hard. That is real hard. Because your first line of defense is you want to stand up. and You want to fight. You want to defend. But the best way to fight is to Forgive that's a hard pill to swallow to forgive when we get to that place we're getting stronger have I got there? nope but I'm working on it it's making me stronger each and every day they faced ridicule there were people that were plotting against them but they kept building that wall they did not allow the words or the things to discourage or to take them out. They fought against the confusion that was out there. What is the confusion? It's a state of mental uncertainty. You're in uncertain times right now, you're in uncertain waters right now, but you fight against it. You keep building that wall. Why? Because it's bigger than what's going on inside of here. What you're fighting against is bigger than what's taking place. There's a a void right now, but what we're really and truly up against is a whole lot bigger than the void that you're in at this moment. There's a war that's raging. Satan's time is drawing very nigh. And he has unleashed. every I've never seen or never even read in history. And I'm a history buff. I love history. Of a time like what we're living in in this day and time. Sodom and Gomorrah was a cakewalk compared to the way we're living today. If you studied anything about Sodom and Gomorrah, you see how vile and wretched that place was. It's a cakewalk to the world we're living in today. So, what opposition you're facing right now is minute to the opposition that the church itself is facing on the outside of these walls. we got to continue to build those walls. Build those walls of forgiveness. Build those walls of salvation. Build those walls where people, when they enter these doors or they see us out here in the street or they see or not even hear a word that we speak, but they see our actions, they can see something in us that's different than anybody else that's out here. There's got to be a moving of the Holy Spirit and it starts inside of you and I. The Holy Spirit can't move unless we allow Him to move this morning. The Holy Spirit can come in some of our churches today and He'd scare them to death. They'd think, what in the world is that going on? You let a move of the Holy Spirit take place in a church today. And I'm talking a real move of the Holy Spirit where people are, are, are falling on their face, crying out to God. Asking God to help and forgive them of their slothfulness, their laziness, their their backbiting, their, their jealousy, their pride. And they fall upon a real moving of the Holy Spirit where people are just crying after God for a help. God, help us, Lord. Move upon us, God. Forgive us, Lord, of our sins and make us a better man tomorrow than what we are today. God, move upon me in a way that I can speak words or people can see something in me a moving of the Holy Spirit, the word the church gets disrupted and it's no longer worried about itself but it's worried about everybody else that's out here. That it gets to a place that they want to go out here and see men and women give their life, heart, soul, body and strength to the things of God. Where is your love for those that are dying and sin? I don't like what's going on out here in this world. I don't like the culture of what's taking place. I don't like the movements that are taking place but I love those people. No matter what their heart and those their condition is. I love them. It don't mean I have to agree with them. But I have to love them. And by having to love them means that I'm going to follow my face. And I'm going to pray for them. And not only am I going to pray for them here. I'm going to take that action out. And I'm going to actually stand up for a minute. I'm actually going to get a hold of them. Not like that. But I'm going to get a hold of them. I'm going not only do I love you, but there's a God in heaven that don't want to see you go to hell. There's a God in heaven that loves you, that wants to pick you up and take you to a place that you've never been before. There's a God in heaven that no matter what you're doing right now will say, come unto me, I love you. I forgive you. Nehemiah, when he looked to those that were around him, when he cried out to God for them for them to be, their sins to be forgiven, he didn't start saying, okay, you can come and help me, but you can't. You sit back, but you can come. Everybody came and they started working together. Church, it's time for you and I to have a different mindset than we've ever had before. We can't have the same mindset we had 50 years ago. Got to be a completely different mindset today. There's there's different approach we got to do to reach the world that we're living in. Everything else we've done in the past is the past. We got to figure out how to go forward now. But before we can do that, we got to build these walls. We got to build these walls of security. But how do you do that? Pray and fast. Ask God. Lord, show me, lead me, give me, put in me exactly what you want me to do, how you need me to do it. To stop any forward motion, the devil is trying to stop anything. He wants to overcome you. He don't want you to succeed. He doesn't want you to raise up. He wants to stop you in your tracks. Nehemiah the children of Israel if they had to sit down it, read read this earnestly read chapter 3 don't skip through it because it sounds repetitive but read it and listen to those that work together when they joined arm in arm there was no stopping them they had no fear because they placed God in the forefront This morning, if anything I can say to you or anything I can do is is this, is it's time to rebuild. It's time to rebuild relationships. It's time to rebuild consecration. It's time to rebuild faithfulness. It's time to rebuild love in each and every heart in each and every mind today. Not only did they pray, but they fasted. Not only did they fast, but they set guards. You've got to watch. The enemy is sly and cunning. He's going to do whatever he can to come in and disrupt you and destroy you. But God's people need to be a people of vigor and valor. This morning, are you a person of vigor and valor? Good work goes on well when people have a mind and a heart in it. And the reproaches of the enemies should, not drive, should drive us to work instead of driving us away from it. Church this morning, everything that's going on in your hearts, in your minds, the uncertainty right now, the decisions that's got to be made, things that's taking place, all these things that's going on should not discourage you, but should be driving you to become better than you've ever been before. Why? Because there's a world out here that's dying and going to hell. And they need a church. They need a Jerusalem. They need a city that they can come to and feel safe. They use that word in a lot of things. This is a safe place. And they use it for things that I don't agree with. But church is one place, no matter what condition your heart's in, no matter how you have lived or what you have done, you ought to feel safe to come in here to find God. You ought to feel safe to be able to say, hey, I need help. And feel comfortable enough to be able to come to a group of people and say, I'm caught up in so much sin, I don't know what to do, I need help. And them not be judged for the sin of them. But them to be loved by the sin of in. The only way they're going to get help. Is if you don't The only way I got help when I got saved. Is because somebody loved me. I was wretched. I was as dirty as they was. As they come. But I was loved. And I was helped. To find the grace of God. This morning I want to encourage you as song letter comes, I don't know how you end your service or what takes place, but as we come of a song of invitation this morning, I want to ask you something. Is your heart in it? Is your heart truly in it this morning? Just as that song I sang, even if, even if God doesn't answer it the way you think, or even if things are going wrong and things seem like it's troubled and... There's there's opposition on every side even if I'm still going to praise you. I'm still going to serve you. I'm still going to honor you. Even if this is going on in my life. Even if there's turmoil in my life. Even if there's turmoil in this or that. I'm still going to serve you. I'm still going to love you. Church this morning. How is it between you and God? Where are you at right now? If you ever... If you ever feel ashamed to come to this altar in prayer because of what somebody else thinks, then right then you need to be at this altar and praying because of somebody else's thinking of you. Amen. It don't matter what anybody thinks of you, Tom. Amen. It matters what God thinks of you. If, then if God loves you, and if they love God, they're going to love you. Simple as that. Never get to a place in your life where you can't come to this altar and pray and say God, and feel comfortable enough to say God, I'm sorry. Swallow your pride. My goodness, you ain't got it made yet. And I, and I said this a couple weekends ago at Mom and Dad's church. Mammy, when she was 94, 95 years old, before she went home with the Lord. Before that, I would I'd tell Mammy, I'd say, I said I want to be like you. I want to be like you. I'd watch her pray day and night. And I lived with her. I'd watch her pray day and night for her children, and her grandchildren to be saved. And they're still yet, her prayers have yet been answered. She'd been dead since 2003. But she would pray. She would ask God. I would see her earnestly pray. And I'd say, I want to be like you. She said, I ain't got it made yet. I ain't got it made yet. Let me tell you something. Just because you're sitting in this church, and just because you've been saved 10, 12, 15, 30, Three years, two years, whatever. You ain't got it made yet. The devil's still after you. He's still going to come after you, and he's going to come after you. The closer you get to God, the harder the devil's going to come after you. You ain't got it made yet. So, if there's something in your life this morning that's troubling you, if you have sinned, come to this altar. Don't be ashamed. Let me tell you something. You've got one shot at this. One opportunity. There is no purgatory. There is no second chance you've got today. You might walk out of here or you might not walk out of here. You've got right now. How is your heart with God? Nehemiah seen what took place. He didn't lash out. He prayed. This morning, I'm asking you, there's something going on. Pray. Hey, friend, thanks again for listening. I hope this message was a blessing to you. For more information about our church, go to our website at www.stantonfcog.com. You can also join us on Facebook at Stanton First Church of God. If this message helped you in any way, hit the share button below. Thanks again for listening, and always remember God loves you, and so do I.